0: This podcast will contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous.
1: Yo, what's going on? I am Scoot Bronson.
0: And I am Estat Foster.
1: That's right. And you tuned in to the Viewers Anonymous podcast where we give our takes and reviews on movies and TV straight out of Hollywood. Oh, yes. <laughs> he found it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. What's up with you, man?
0: Oh man, I can't call it, man. Just uh, out here in the world, man, trying to trying to figure out people, man. And I, I think right that's uh, an impossible thing to do. So, other than <laughs> that, though, <laughs> other than that, though, man, I'm good. I'm good, man. But how you feeling?
1: Uh, I'm feeling better, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had a issue. I had a problem with my sciatic. And uh just went to go get that fixed up. Just came from the chiropractor, you know what I'm saying? I was about to say you got my back popped, but that shit sounds crazy, so I'm not going to say that. But <laughs> <laughs> I got fixed up, so you know what I'm saying? I ain't got no complaints right now. I'm back walking normal. You know what I'm saying? Got a, still got a little bit of pain, but I'll be good,
0: man. Man, that's what's up, man. I don't know why you yeah, just ain't go ahead and say, man, you got your back popped, man, I mean. Nah, that's you know?
1: crazy. <laughs> that's just <not> crazy. <laughs> that sound wild. I'm definitely not saying that. But I got fixed up, man. And it's, it was interesting because this is my second time being at the chiropractor. So the first time, um, you know what I'm saying, they did the, the stuff you see, like, on, uh like, YouTube or if you're watching, like, TLC or somewhere, you know what I'm saying, they grab your neck, pop your neck, and, then, you know, make you do all the different adjustment moves and, you know what I'm saying, where you, you hear all the spine pops and all that. And then this one uh, was my first time going to, it was a new one, but he did this thing called the drop table method. So, like, I'm laying face down on the table and, like, he, it's like, it looked like a Tetris table and you lay in there or whatever and he hitting these levers, and, like, certain parts of the table go up, and he push it back down real quick, mm-hmm. and then he just keep doing that. So, like, that was my first time doing that. But, man, it worked. That's what's up. Yeah, it definitely worked. So, I, yeah, I'm with that.
0: Good deal, man, good deal. For sure. So, <clears throat> man, so we got something today. Uh, we not I don't think we did one last month. I don't think. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think we did. Either. I think we might have replaced it with the uh, with the movie joint that we did. Uh, the villain joint. I think. Yeah, we did the top ten. No, three. wait a minute. No, no, no. So when we do Viola, They'll that might have been.
1: Month. You sure it might have been July?
0: It might have been. But anyway. So we're back in the lab, man. we back to appreciate someone, me and you. We was going back and forth. Mm-hmm. So we just ended up deciding he's one of the GOATs, you know Definitely. what I'm saying? Definitely one of the GOATs, man. And the person that we're talking about today that we're going to give flowers to, man, is the guy, Steven Allen Spielberg. I know y'all probably never heard it that way. <laughs> 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 but, uh, <laughs> well, Steven Spielberg, man, um... You know, born in 1946 in um, I guess you can call it a great Cincinnati, Ohio. You know what I'm saying? If the, if, if the, Wait, if that's what? High. Yeah, yeah, man, he, that's where he was born. He was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, you oh, know, yeah. in
1: 1946. Oh, okay. well, it's, it's confirmed. A lot of greats
0: come from Ohio, bro. Man, here we go. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was born from a Russian Jew Jewish immigrants. Um, you know what I'm saying? He uh, but this is the thing though. You know, his younger years, you know, he spent in uh Hatton Township, New Jersey. He lived in Phoenix, Arizona. Later they moved to uh the Sarah, Saratoga, California, where he went to uh California State University. You know what I'm saying? Up in Long Beach, where he pursued his uh, entertainment career. He ended up dropping out. But you know, we we've heard this before. Uh, what's her name? Dropped out too. Uh oh man, what's my man name that one one director that we consider a goat to? Like a lot of these dudes, like they, it's like they went in and they got the mm-hmm. information that they needed, and they was like, mm-hmm. "Well, shit, like I got what I need, so it ain't no reason to stay here and, you no, know, pursue this career or whatnot. We're well, not career, but you know, finish up the schooling or whatnot. Right. But, but yeah, he ended up dropping out, man, and um, obviously he made the right choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, time. yeah, so he did. He did <laughs> not uh, <laughs> lose a step there, man. But you know, I was I was watching this one interview. Um, that he was doing, and mm-hmm. they they spoke to his mother, and she said that she used to let him skip like elementary school some days because like he had a knack for it. Then she was like, he always talked about how he wanted to make movies when he was like a kid in elementary school. So mm-hmm. she said she used to let him skip school, and they used to go uh, to this one place where she would like reenact shit for him. And like kind of you sense know, sense. and I'm sitting here like, yo. And I, I know you and your mom have like you know, what I'm like a really you know supportive relationship type thing. And I was like, yo, mm-hmm. but I don't even know what the fuck that is, but like I'm, like, like to to hear a mother like get that involved. You know what I'm saying? When he was that young and be like, you know, this what you want to do? Well, I'll you know, I help you you know pursue this, and we can. Role play and all this type shit, and I thought that was very interesting, man. And I think that when you have someone that is that close to you, that's that supportive, yeah. I think it make a lot of shit a lot easier to yep. to be, especially out of left field like this dude was, like Steven Spielberg. Like if you look at his early stuff, you know what I'm saying. A lot of this shit is from left field. You're like, the fuck, like, but but once you watch it and see how he shot it, you like. Oh, okay, I see what he was trying to do, yeah,
1: man. um, so for me, that is super interesting because I understand like having that relationship, you know what I'm saying with your parents and having them you know be super supportive of everything you do, however, the skipping school thing, yeah, that <laughs> my mom <is> <laughs> for that part, but like you know what I'm saying, she was always uh she was. Well, I'm not going to say she was always. She's always very supportive of everything that I do, you know, whether it's um, doing this or, you know what I'm saying, playing a sport or coming up with just the idea in general. You know what I'm saying? One thing she would always tell me when I was young was you can do anything you put your mind to, you know what I mean? And she always, like, instilled that in me. So, you know, to have that, you know what I'm saying, to have somebody like that behind you, especially with doing something like film, or doing something like acting is very important because, you know, as a child, your most creative moments, you know what I'm saying, come to you. You know, you could just imagine being a child and, you know, thinking about what you want to be when you grow up. Or if you outside playing, you know, you might, you know, you you might be playing space invaders or whatever. You know, you're the astronaut that's going to kill the aliens or, you know, you might be playing a, a knight, you know what I'm saying, defending, you know what I'm saying, the kingdom. or You know what I'm saying? You get real creative and you, you know what I'm saying, you do a lot of acting and pretending and imagining. Um, And so your creative juices are always flowing as a kid. And for me, like, one thing that I used to always do was I used to always, like, try to take stuff apart and put it back together. Mm-hmm. She would have a fit, but, like, you know what I'm saying, she understood. You know, that was just the way my mind worked. So she would start getting me stuff that would be, like, constructive like that. <clears throat> so, you know, since she kind of fed into my creativity and, you know what I'm saying, hearing his mom doing something like that, it's not really a wonder as to why he is one of the greats that he is because, you know, having that support, especially from a very young age, I'm sure that instilled a lot of confidence in him to continue and, you know, and to be able to create all the great work that he did. The thing that did surprise me, though, I didn't know that he directed Color purple,
0: man. I <laughs> yeah, I, I had I, no I did, idea. I didn't early. I didn't early, mm-hmm. and then I end up hearing the name, and then like mm-hmm. you know, I end up figuring it out. Like, oh, okay, like he did that. But this is what I didn't know. Yeah, he did a short called "The Last Gun." Mm-hmm. He was thirteen.
1: That's crazy.
0: <laughs> Yo, that is nuts. Yeah, that no, is that's
1: nuts. Because really you got to think about this, too, right? You say he was born when?
0: 1946. He did
1: that in right. 1959. Exactly. So in 59, bro, you got to be able to find the camera. You got to be able to find film. You have to be able to find people that act. And you got to be able to direct that. You got to be able to have people who saying what to do. Like, to me, that reminds me of that movie um, Super 8.
0: Yeah. When the, when the eight, kids yeah.
1: was always, you know what I'm saying? Like, nowadays, it's easy because you could just pull your phone out. Only thing you got to do is just write a script and get some friends together and be like, all right, we're going to do this. No, like, as a 13-year-old kid, bro, you had to cut grass, take out trash, do all this other stuff to be able to get a camera. You also had to do all that to be able to get the right film. You had to get Super 8 film and all this other stuff. And you had to put all of this together. And it's not like he was editing on the... Um, on a computer, or anything else like that, this dude was having to take the film, look at it frame by frame, cut it, tape it together, you know what I'm saying, glue it together, you know what I mean, Hit it, put it on the reel, all this stuff, like, he really had to go through all that, so it's like, at 13, that is amazing.
0: Yeah, and his mom was a, a concert a pianist, and she worked in a restaurant, and his dad was an electrician engineer, and he worked in computer development, so... Seemed like well, they was... had
1: a little, yeah, he had a little, you know, advanced. He was a little bit more advanced. But even still, though, for him to be able to do, I'm sure his mom wasn't just buying him a, a fucking brand new camera. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Or his dad wouldn't buy him a brand new camera. I'm sure he had to work for that.
0: Yeah. And then he did you know two more I mean? when he was 15. He did two shorts when he was 15.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, then he did his first film in 64 that wasn't a short. That was the first one that wasn't a short. So, okay. I mean, look, this man has been doing it, you know what I'm saying, for a long time. And, I mean, as far as, as my eyes, I mean, because there's some other stuff here that I've never seen before, but the very first thing that that caught my attention was mm-hmm. what he did in 1975, which is Jaws. Yes. you know what I'm saying? Now that
1: is a, you're talking about a classic, bro. Like, I remember, um, I remember hearing, like, my uncles and stuff talk about jobs. And they were saying, you know what I'm saying, like, how scared they were to go swimming after they'd seen this movie. So, like, just the fact that knowing, and then knowing my uncles, like, my uncles are wild. So, the fact that they were scared to go swimming because of a shark, and, like, ain't no sharks in Ohio, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's no way you're going to see a shark in Ohio. So the fact that they were scared to go swimming because of this movie just lets you know just how great this movie really was. And if you, even if you go back now, like, it doesn't look that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we've seen movies where, like, from the 60s, 70s, 80s, where you go back and you look at them, and you'd be like, okay, this, how the hell was they scared of this? Like, for The Exorcist, going back and watching The Exorcist today... And, like, hearing my, my mom and my uncles and cousins and all them talk about how scary that movie was, I'm like, yo, y'all, y'all had the worst technology in the world because, like, watching that today, there's no way I'm scared of that at all. I was more scared of Candyman than I was of The Exorcist.
0: Yeah. I would. Well, if, if we're talking about those two, then, like, yes, because I still to this day haven't Said Candyman in the mirror five times, um, and don't, don't ever plan against. on doing it, yeah. Don't um, play but against. but the exorcist was the one thing that I would say is different is mm-hmm. the exorcist came out in '73, if I'm not mistaken, right. and it was the first of its kind, so I can see how
1: and so was Jaws, though. Just the fact, yeah, that, so was Jaws, yes, the, the fact that he was able to have this big ass shark going around eating all this shit, and you got somebody all the way in Ohio where sharks are nowhere near scared to go swimming. It just lets you know, just how great of a production he put together. And that's one of those things that, you know, you don't get like, so for me, I under, I kind of understand, but I still don't understand because I guess, cause I'm watching it now, but the only reason I kind of understand is because when I first saw Jurassic Park for the first time, that shit was terrifying. Seeing the Raptors when that big ass Tyrannosaurus Rex came out, like yo, that shit was terrifying, bro. I don't,
0: I don't think when I think about the first time I saw Jurassic Park, I don't think terrified. Jaws, you told me you I wasn't do.
1: scared. You telling me you wasn't scared when they was in the kitchen with that velociraptor.
0: I mean, if I was put in that situation, yeah. But I mean, like. I think, yeah. I think I think thought that Jaws was more, you know what I'm saying, out to happen than that would. Because, oh, yeah, you know, I'm you not for I'm for not that you. far from, you know, Myrtle Beach because I live in South Carolina. So, you know, we used to go to the well, yeah, beaches. For you, yeah, for sure, yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I ain't fucking with that shit. And with Jaws <laughs> coming out in 75, and then this is the crazy part, right? Mm-hmm. So when they was filming that movie, the shark, like the mechanical shark that they had, like it, it didn't always work. And like like they kept yeah. having like a lot of issues with the shark. That's why they did a thing where you always see mostly just the fins. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and he now was that, saying that.
1: That is terrifying in itself. The fact yes. that the fin, all you see is the fin going around. So you don't know how big it is. You really don't know if if this mug can take you or not that that's terrifying too because it's just the fear of the unknown at that point
0: yeah and and like you said like sometimes less is scarier you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying cuz that's what ended up happening really with the, with the jaw's joint is the fact that you only saw a little bit of it and yeah. that's what made you terrified cuz now it's to a point all you got to see is a fin and <laughs> motherfuckers are running and for him to do that movie and for it to blow up the way that it did, you know what I'm saying? Well, he turned it into a franchise where they did, I think three mm-hmm. of them, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's only so, three. Yeah, so it was just like, yeah, like Jaws. And, and I think that a lot of people have to and see, I'm good about doing that. Like, I can watch a film from 1975 and try, even though I wasn't born to 10 years later, like, right. I could try to Put my mind state into that time and be like, mm-hmm. mm. and then also having an experience of like, and see, look, I've watched many documentaries on like the Halloween movie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which came out in 78, and it was like, the shit didn't really play in movies until 79 because like it was the first of its kind. Like people was like actually scared to go see the fucking movie, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, right. it was just a different time. So that
1: time. came like, out before Jason?
0: Yeah, that Jason stole Michael Myers. Oh wow! Jason was um, his like my, basically Michael Myers is his prototype right, because the it dude. Is. Oh man, um, I can't remember my man's name right now, but my man that did the first Jason Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. So there was when is they it, was film- is it-
1: isn't his name like Kane Hodder
0: or something like that? No, no, well, no, no. You're talking about the guy that played him. But Kane didn't play, Kane didn't start playing him until I think part four, I think. Oh, okay. Or five. But you're talking um,
1: about the dude
0: that created it. Yeah, I'm talking about the dude that okay. created it. Sean Cunningham. So okay. this is this is what happened. So there was when they was shooting Halloween, you know, which is John. You know what I'm saying? John Carpenter. Mm -hmm. Him and Deborah Hill. So, Sean Cunningham actually helped them shoot the movie. So, he had some, you know what I'm saying, some inside game and he was just like, oh, okay. Because what a lot of people don't know is Michael Myers, like when you look at, like especially the first one, if you look at like the IMDb page, Mm -hmm. he's called The Shake. Yeah, like that's what he's not necessarily like Michael Myers. They call him the Shape. So, the shape. yeah. So they basically took like the idea of the Shape mm-hmm. and just made the story of, yo, we're gonna. um And then this is the wild part about it. Like when he made it, y'all got to understand, Jason was just an idea. Cause you know Miss Voorhees yeah. was the killer, Thanks. And,
1: yeah.
0: And so when he was going to end the movie, because his ending was—I don't know if you remember uh, part one—the ending was the girl was just sitting in the lake, and boom, mm-hmm. movie over. But somebody was like, "Nah, maybe we should have the the, the kid that drowned come out of the water and pull yeah. her under." So they changed it and then that right there, that, that one idea created a franchise. It wasn't gonna be a franchise. Right. Cause they were gonna end the movie just right there. But someone was like, Won't you won't you have a kid come out the water and then we can make a whole little thing where like the kid can't die and then he goes and kills all the camp counselors and all that type shit. Mm-hmm. So but the point I was saying was like when you think of a movie like The Exorcist and the Jaws and, I mean, the 70s had to be a great time, dude. You got you got Jaws in 75, you got Exorcist in 73, and you got Halloween in 78. Now, the thing about that is all three of those movies are the first of its kind. Mm-hmm. So, seeing those movies in the Man, 70s. you got the,
1: you got the poltergeist.
0: Though pol- no, they came in the 80s. In the 80s. Because, 80s. Okay. remember, he wrote the poltergeist. Mm-hmm. So, uh and he wrote the Poacher Days. Let me see, because where is the poster Days? Oh, it's not. It's not. It's not, on, it's not on this because he didn't. He. uh he wrote it. He didn't direct it. Right. And Poacher Days was eighty two. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the poster Days was eighty two. So, I, I I think that if if you put yourself in that mindset when you seeing shit that you've never seen before, like. That's why a lot of people say that the um that the Exorcist is like one of the scariest movies ever. When you watch it, you like, okay, like the idea could be, but it's like when you're watching it, it's like, okay, like it's not the scariest thing I've ever seen. Even though it's, it's one mean, of my it, favorite I, horror movies. I
1: I get it, but to me, I'm not worried about some little girl who climbing up on walls. Just leave her in the house.
0: <laughs> man, this yo, man, out. it's a demon, yo. But if this your daughter, you ain't gonna leave
1: her. She's a, listen. If my daughter <laughs> starts climbing walls, that's no longer my daughter, bro. Oh
0: daughter. man,
1: <laughs> this guy right here. You can have oh. all this shit. It's time for me to get out. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> he' talking about this your daughter. Not my daughter. Don't know how to climb walls. <sighs>
0: Oh man! She was in the corner oh, she was
1: sitting in the corner other by the ceiling like no that's like that's not your daughter anymore
0: oh man,
1: that's Beelzebub's daughter, it's, it's over with
0: oh man so um, oh man, I'm trying to think there was another there was another movie um that came out around that time, but but yeah, like, but the ideas that he had was mm-hmm. i mean even 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 to come with the you know what I'm saying with the whole you know e t joint man the, listen,
1: that was a great movie, bro, that was a real heartfelt movie,
0: you know I've seen e t don't get me wrong,, mm-hmm. but I've only seen it probably like twice. And it's like same, same. I it's not a shot. It's just I'm not well rounded in it. Like I, I watched it, and it just it, it just never you know what I mean. It never clicked to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I
1: didn't, I didn't, I didn't really get too much. I know it's you know I'm saying a heartfelt movie because it's about a kid who you know what I'm saying finds this alien and they become best friends and shit like that. But well, my thing is these kids outsmarted the government. Yeah. And they outsmarted their mom. It's a scene in E.T. where E.T. is walking around the kitchen when their mom is bringing groceries home, and the mom is none the wiser. And I understand how, you know what I'm saying, it is sometimes as a parent, but I've never been too busy to put away groceries to not know that there's some shit in my house that ain't supposed to be in my house.
0: Man, I look, I'm going to be honest with you, my guy. I I know I brought it up. But that's because I understand the significance of it, but, like, mm-hmm. E.T. never been like that that movie for me. You know what I mean? Like, I never... Hey, I, it's I, a, it's, you should go back and
1: watch it again. It's a great movie. But it's just it's certain stuff in E.T. that just don't make sense. Like, for instance, all of these people with all of these guns, right, is trying to get ET. But the crazy part is, like, E.T. got special powers, but he don't use none of the powers against these niggas. That's not yeah. realistic. That's not realistic <laughs> at all. If an alien comes to this planet and it notices that it could lift boxes without touching them and then niggas with guns start shooting at it, I'm sure to realize, hey, I could lift shit without touching it and just lift them niggas up and fling them away. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> it, to me it, it's just not a realistic alien movie to me like as a as a like just think about that just as an alien if you come here and you got special stuff that you can do and then these niggas just start shooting at you you get hit and you're like hey man that shit kind of hurt these niggas is attacking you have to defend yourself right you would think so so why ain't E.T. just whoop on these niggas real quick that's what they should have did that's what that would have made E.T. way.
0: Better. <laughs> oh man that's funny. Like he get funny.
1: he get injured, you know. what I'm saying, turn into a monster for real and just start like tearing shit up. That's how ET should have been. ET should have been like the Furbies. I mean, not the a... Furbies. What's that shit called? The um, with Gizmo. What the fuck is that movie? Gizmo. On? Yeah, the little things you can't get them. What?
0: Oh boy, gremlins! up, the... yeah. Oh. Good. Oh, I'm right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah but, man. but Gizmo was the
1: one that looked like a Furby. Or was a Furby oh. or whatever.
0: Oh, okay. Man, look, all I know is E. T. the Home, man. That's I mean that, that's what, that's you, the you only thing know, I remember. You don't
1: know Elliot. You don't know
0: that one? Come man, on. Man, listen, man. Like I said, I probably seen that movie once or twice. I was a kid. You gotta rewatch that big dog. And okay. it just it just never it never really it never really registered to me, man. But yeah. I skipped over, man, and, and who knew, man, in 1981, this was going to become what it became, man. Indiana mm-hmm. Jones, man. The yeah, Raiders of the Lost
1: Ark. Yeah. that Now, that movie in itself, now, I, that's a movie I couldn't get into. They really made a movie about a white man going around stealing artifacts. <laughs> and people was cheering them on, bro.
0: Man, listen, look. <laughs> okay, right. So this is this is, this is the thing. This is oh, the thing man. about the Indiana Joneses, man. Like I I can't tell you which ones I've seen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they kind of really all just blend into each other because I don't yeah. know the whole backstory. But the one thing that always fascinated me was the fact of like what becomes a franchise. And it's just like mm-hmm. how I tie franchises into people. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like when you when you think of, you know what I'm saying Harrison Ford. You know what I mean? You know, right. like what well, he's in, he's Indiana Jones. You know what I'm saying? He did about four or five of that. No, no, nope. don't do that.
1: We're not doing that. No, he's, not. Well, he's Mr. Crumble to me. He's, but he's Han Solo. Yeah, That's see,
0: You know, man. you you on you <laughs> on <laughs> that <disrespectful>. shit. <laughs> see, why are see, we talking what are we talking see, about? He's nothing, see, he's, nothing else he's, but Han Solo. No, see, he's he's Mr. Crumble to me. Dr. Crumble, no, excuse me. Come you know on, what I'm saying? Man, it, the fugitive. Stop it. Man, it's stopping my ass. We need to do the fugitive. That shit, that's my all-time movie. I love that movie. That is a great fucking movie, man. It
1: is, but we all know Han Solo oh. and Harrison Ford. <laughs>
0: Who <laughs> nah. are you talking about? Well, what we're talking about is, come on, man. He's Indiana Jones, man. Come on,
1: nah, man. He is Indiana Jones, Jones, but Indiana Jones ain't cooler than high So Indiana Jones is a thief. (laughs) 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 Damn, what you say? This nigga went around stealing, stealing stuff, bro.
0: Yeah, that he did. Um, but he had a whip. He did have a whip. That's some bullshit. So he did have he did have a whip. Um, but like you said, man, the the color purple. Mm. You know, yep. came out my birth year, eighty-five. Um listen, I've I've seen the color purple multiple times and, and I think that the thing with the color purple that I've heard people say is just you know, they felt that this story should have been done from like a you know, a black person's point of view type of thing. And, it was a
1: fucking book. What are they talking about?
0: I mean, you know how it is, man. And it like, was a
1: stage play. Like, there's no, there's no other point of view you could have got it from. He just took it from but, a stage play to it from in the book.
0: Yeah, but how he, but how he broke, like, and we talked about this when we did Whoopi Goldberg. Like, mm-hmm. like this is the film, and he is the person that bounced for her. He was like, "Yo, I only want Whoopi Goldberg." And They was like, "She's not a proven actress." you know, she's this, she's that, and he was like, like I don't care, like, this is who right. I want and I won't do the movie without her, so you know, you have to when you speak about The Color Purple, like and Steven Spielberg doing this, like the career that he kicked off now, we don't know what would have happened to Whippy Goldberg without The Color right. Purple but right. this shit was a huge fucking jump start.
1: She was in what, well, she was in what, Go, was she in Ghost Dad? With
0: that Swayze? was that was after though. Remember? You know I'm saying? She, didn't she, really... was,
1: she was though, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: She was in Ghost Dad. She was in Eddie after that. She was in um sister act. Like he yeah, she would have she man, she took off after that. Yeah. For sure. So you are right about that. Like we really don't know what she would have been when it's all said and done. Um and the fact that, you know what I'm saying, getting her Like you said, being unproven and then having her with the performance. And then you got Oprah in this. You got Danny Glover in this. You got like a night. I mean, really, you got an all-star cast at the end of the day. You really go back and look at that cast. That's an all-star cast. So for them to do this movie and then at the end of the day, like, get an Oscar for it, you kind of got to just like, you kind of got to see his vision. You know what I mean? And then at the time of them getting the Oscar, like, this is the 80s. It ain't too many, you know what I mean, black movies getting that type of light. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah. and
0: yeah, and 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 I'm not I'm not I'm not mad at him, man, because this is the thing people gotta also realize about Steven Spielberg, like the relationship that he had with Universal, like Universal actually built this, uh like actually like, built his house. Like, I believe.
1: It's With the crazy. Money like that they paid made, for it I and everything.
0: They. So so it's 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 crazy, man. And I and I think that even though it was a book and a stage play, it might not have gotten a look without Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like right. So um, so yeah, man. I'm 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 one of those people. I'm not mad at the fact that, you know, he was the one person to do that. But then also being a Russian Jewish person, like, you know they especially Jewish people, they went through their own thing, you know. So yeah. we just talked about that. Yeah, so
1: we yeah, we we did just talk about that. Yeah. But and then the, the the dope thing about Steven Spielberg is is that even though um you know the the whole rumors thing in Hollywood about the Jewish people running Hollywood and everything else, he seems to give people a fair shot. It's not like He's making movies that just focus on, you know, all white actors or, you know, all male actors or something like it seems as if he's giving people a fair shot in the movies that he's making. So, like, when you go and you watch The Color Purple, I've never seen The Color Purple, per se, but I know what it's about. I know all the references and stuff. Danny Glover is not the main character in that movie. There's two women being the main character of that movie. You know what I'm saying? When you go and you watch um, Jurassic Park, there's three main characters in Jurassic Park. One of them is a woman. You know what I'm saying? When you go and you watch E.T., E.T. is really not even about Elliot. It's about an alien. You know what I'm saying? So it's like all of these movies that he's making, he's he has the imagination to create these movies, but also he he's making movies to where people are, you know what I'm saying? It's not really any stereotypes or anything else like that, especially with the movies that he's making. You know what I'm saying? Like adaptation or something is going to be different, of course, because it's an adaptation. And, you know, he can only go off of the, the source material, but for the fact that him creating the movies that he's created, it seems as if everybody has gotten their fair share of time on the screen or gotten the right time on the screen. Or even if um, they had a smaller role, they had a memorable smaller role. Like people forget that Sam Jackson is in Jurassic Park, but everybody knows, you know what I'm saying? Hold on to your butts. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like that's a, that's a memorable line in the movie. So it, it just always seems, you know what I'm saying, for as long as he's been making movies, he's being very fair um, to the actors and and the actresses in all the movies that he's made. Yeah, man. Um, and that was a great
0: transition, man, because Jurassic Park was, you know, for me, at least, that was, the, you know, the first of its kind. And like for sure. seeing this stuff, because I think what made... Jurassic Park, what it was, was just really how realistic everything looked. Like, yeah, that shit looked real. Like, even down to the part where they was looking at, um, um, when my girl was digging through the, uh, think it was a, I forget what it was, but looking through the shit because it was sick, and she was digging. Yeah, she was digging through the shit. I was like, yo, yeah, like. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs>
1: man, they, they touched that chaser type tongue. I was like, nope, <laughs> nope, not at all, not me.
0: And I mean, like it, everything like looks so real. And then, like one scene mm-hmm. that always stood out to me, like I say, sometimes it's small detail shit that really like boggles my mind. But yeah. my man yeah. had this cane joint, right? And at the yeah. top of the cane, it was this thing, and it had a fucking mosquito in it.
1: That was the, and amber, they said, uh, the amber thing.
0: Yeah, and he was like, what it is, it was the sweat from a dinosaur and the, the what's the name got stuck in there. The uh, mosquito got stuck in there because they were talking about how mm. old mosquitoes is and how dangerous because, you know, I you know, mosquitoes are one of the most dangerous fucking angel, angels mm. um, animals out there. A lot of people don't realize that because they carry so many diseases that, Man. you know what I'm saying, they kill like a lot of shit. Yeah, and man. and they were saying that like, you know, mosquitoes could kill dinosaurs back then. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they'd be having to you know, take a disease from something else, put it into that dinosaur, and then boom. And that it that that came always stood out to me because they, they even gave us like a demonstration in the movie of like yeah, how man. it happened. And I'm yeah. like, yo, like see shit like that like really gets me. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, just to think of that and to show us that. I think that was I think that was great directing, man. I, I, he me, he did it. He did his thing with Jurassic Park.
1: He really did because to me, like one of those scenes in the movie uh, where they were sitting up in the tree, and the bronchiosaurus was um, was eating the leaves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it showed you. You know what I'm saying? They kind of showed you how gentle they were. But then the dude, he was so scared because everything that was going on. He was so nervous, and you know what I'm saying? The kids because of them being the grand the grandkids they kind of knew a little bit about dinosaurs dude you could tell knew nothing about dinosaurs so you know what i'm saying like he's freaking out but they like man it's just a break i mean i said bronchiosaurus brachiosaurus you know what i'm saying like he ain't gonna do nothing plus he a baby like he ain't even one of the biggest and then it, it sneezed and blew snot all over that was hilarious yeah. you know what i'm saying like it's just it's certain stuff like that that just kind of shows you like man like the detail that he puts into these type movies, you know what I'm saying? The Even the dialogue in these type movies, just showing you how knowledgeable the, the children were about dinosaurs compared to somebody who's older, who you would think would know a little bit more, you know what I'm saying, than them. It kind of shows you just the comparison that, you know what I'm saying, that they had. And then not only that, just even the comparison of him being nervous and scared and them being kind of like calm, and you know what I'm saying, and cool, even after everything that just happened. So I thought that was dope too, the way that he detailed those, you know what I'm saying, scenes
0: like that. Yeah, and then the wild part, the same mm-hmm. year, my guy, the exact same year Schindler's List came out. Both movies came out Yo, in nineteen ninety three. Another movie I've never seen. Oh man, you gotta see Schindler's List, man. I'm not watching that. I mean, yeah, I, I understand. But especially not
1: now. Yeah, especially not now. Like, like... Yeah, I, I can't. The, I can't put. I can't put myself to like trauma man, movies no more. I'm trying to get, man, escape that. Yeah, like the
0: the. N- not only is it, I mean, it's tough to call it a great movie because of, you know, what I'm saying what it all entails, but the the decision to shoot the movie mm-hmm. in black and white, but there's mm-hmm. one kid. That has a red dress on, yo. It's like, it's it's like who came up with this idea? It's like if nothing's in yeah, color. I nothing. I don't
1: get that.
0: Except this one was, kid in what the was red so dress. What's special about the kid? I don't remember because when I saw Schindler's List, I was in school. They showed us this movie when oh, I was like yeah. in high school, and y'all
1: had to watch Roots too.
0: Yeah, we watched Roots, but I think we watched Roots. In the, I think I was in middle school when they showed us Roots. Yeah, I never watched Roots. Yeah, I, was, I seen Roots in school, Schindler's List in school, uh, uh, the, uh, the Diary of Anne Frank in school.
1: Seen that. Yeah, I seen that. I always
0: and, fell asleep on, on Roots. I mean, I didn't fall asleep on it, but then 1997, he did Amistad.
1: That's my movie. So, Hinsue, bro. That's my joint. Yeah.
0: yeah. So he did. He did. Amistad and he was free. And and Amistad came out the same year the Lost World Jurassic Park came out. So mm-hmm. for Amistad him to was
1: really a great movie though.
0: Yeah it's, it's been a while it's been a while since I seen Amistad a while since I yeah. seen it and for me personally like. I know this. A lot of people consider him like that. Like this is like the mm-hmm. one. I was never. I wouldn't say. Let me think of how to say this because it's not a shot. But I just wasn't a big fan of saving Private Ryan. I always felt that that people kind of overrated it.
1: it. You had never seen it.
0: I. For that. I fact. mean, I've seen it, but it's just like. I mean, in my personal opinion, I'm like it's not platoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's not was that it was me. it
1: was it better than Apocalypse?
0: Apocalypse now? Uh, yeah. I, I I would go Apocalypse now.
1: Um, just from Forrest my personal Gump?
0: opinion. Nah, Forrest Gump was better than Saving Private Ryan. Oh yeah, one. So I mean, I, like, it's very highly rated. Like, uh, like when people say Steven Spielberg, like, there's some people that will say, "Yo, like Saving Private Ryan." Like, I'm not one of those. No, people.
1: it de- it definitely like Saving Private Ryan was like when that came out, they got like, hella awards for that. I remember like that was like the the biggest talk in the Oscars that year.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like for me,
1: Matt TV was doing um was doing uh, uh skits about. Saving, well, they call it saving Ryan's privacy, but you know what <laughs> what I'm saying like, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying just the fact that it was that big. Like I remember they were doing jokes about it on like SNL, Mad TV, you know, what I'm saying like stuff like that. So it was, it was really a huge movie,
0: though. Yeah, um, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going up some years, look, cause I, I'm all, I can only speak on you know what I'm saying shit that I've really seen. But mm-hmm. for me, man, the 2012 version of Lincoln that he did. Yeah. Yo. Is that the
1: with um
0: Daniel Day Lewis? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. That shit was that's that's the best movie ever. And but I mean, you gotta shout out to Daniel Day too. Like he of course. Yeah, he, I mean what he did with it. I mean he embodied Lincoln, like I mean, we, in we talked out. about him
1: in in um, uh, Gangs of New York. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like he's. We talked about him being such a method actor to where he that's what he does best. Like any role that he takes, he becomes that person. So it's like you expect him to give you that type of performance.
0: Yeah, and like, dude, he he murdered us. and, and you know, I'm a history guy, and mm-hmm. even though. Cause like my thing is, it's like when you when you really when you really think about it, it's like when when you're speaking about historical figures. And I remember somebody asked me once before. They was like, "Yo, like who's your, you know, top three presidents?" You know what I'm saying? And I was like, "Well, if I have to give a top three, you know what I'm saying, no particular order." I said, "I'm going Obama. I'm going Lyndon B. Johnson." And I'm going Lincoln. And mm-hmm. it was like, what made you choose those people? And I was like, you know, I gave my reasons. But one of the reasons, you know, I gave about Lincoln, I was like, like, yeah, he did the Emancipation Proclamation. His reasonings, it may have been not 100 percent in our favor, but it still was a decision that was made. Right. Like he could have he could have he could have figured out a different way because even people were telling him then like yo like nah like that shit ain't going to work but you know mm. what i'm saying he still did it and at the end of the day he took a bullet for it so it's like yeah it's like you, you got to give him even though he was like yo if if i if i he cuz he said if i could win this war without freeing the slaves i wouldn't have freed the slaves so yeah, yeah still, i get it what a
1: lot of people don't know is like they still had slavery in the north
0: yeah, and then also, you know, when it comes to um Juneteenth, you know what I'm saying? Like Texas was like fuck that shit.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's kind of like, you know, he, he had his reasonings, but then at the same time, he still wrote the bill, he still got it done. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. he took a bullet for that shit. So, you know, you you can have your thoughts about Lincoln or whatever, but you also gotta look at the times too, like I mean, like a lot of people, like when you look at like a lot of these presidents, like, I, like a lot of their mind state is like, okay, but this is the most acceptable thing. Like this is what life is like. It's normal right. to see a black person hanging. It's you know what I'm saying? Like that was normal life. So it's because like, mm-hmm. I remember Andrew um uh, Schultz had a great point one time um on Bree It is this was years ago. You might have heard yeah. this episode where he was just like we're judging them with, like, the way life is now. And we're not judging them on their time. Even though you still can be different, because, like, I tell people, me and Uncle Washies, uh, uh, Washington used to talk about this. There were white people who had hideout spots for slaves when yep, they were fleeing. Underground railroad. Yeah. yeah, so it's like there were people who thought outside of the box, and it was like, yo, this is wrong. But mm-hmm. you know, but he was just saying that like we're judging like a lot of these racist people on the times. But I still feel that there's still a, a decision to be made. But anyway, yeah, Lincoln was a really, really good. To me, it was a really good movie and it was a great watch for me. Now, this is the movie I told you about. Mm-hmm. He he linked back up with um he linked back up with Tom Hanks and did. Bridge of Spies. Mm-hmm. Underrated movie, but dope as fuck. This movie was phenomenal. Like he was he was a uh, man, I forget what it was. He 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 went under he went um it was during the cold war and he was a lawyer and they um they sent him in to defend like this uh well, uh, this uh, arrested Soviet spy. And so he got the help of like the, C- the CIA to like, you know, what I'm saying to do this shit like behind closed doors to try to end like the Cold War and shit. Man, that shit was dope as fuck. But see, like I say, you got to be a history person to like really enjoy this shit, though. Like if like if you don't well, see, really care about history, you're not really going to like it.
1: Yeah, like, for me, I I definitely watched something like that. Like, I went back and watched the original Red Dawn after the new one that came out with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I went back and watched that. And to me, that's an interesting time in history anyway because, like, that was, like, one of the most passive-aggressive wars that we've ever been in. And then we kind of found ourselves, like, fighting Russia through, like, other countries in a weird way. Yeah. Like, that, it, it was a, it was a real, real... A weird time. Like I know Desert Storm was supposed to be a part of Cold War. Um, even even Operation Iraqi Freedom was linked with the with the whole Cold War thing as well. I know the the um, embargo thing with Cuba. I know that has something to do with the Cold War. So it's like a, it's a weird weird time where it's like we were beefing with them for like. 20 plus years at that point where it got like to the height of it in the 80s because remember in the 60s we were beefing with them about space mm-hmm. and you know what i'm saying they went to hollywood and made a whole movie about how you know what i'm saying john glenn and them went to space and then they told people that you know what i'm saying these people are on space and then they showed it all across you know what i'm saying the country and had people really believing we went to the moon even though they were doing that in Hollywood. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that really just kind of, you know what I'm saying, let you know our beef with Russia was that serious, the fact that they really filmed that, you know what I'm saying, in the studio and filmed it as if, like, we could really talk to some dude on space <laughs> all the way here in the 60s. It was crazy, you know what I'm saying? Um, even, even, like, even the, like i it's I, I was so deep into it for a minute that like i remember the name of the the russian rocket it was supposed to be called the sputnik and they were they weren't even sending people up there they were going to send a monkey up on the sputnik to get to the moon it was it this so, it, it was just crazy bro it was just so crazy so like for him to do a movie about that is is a very interesting thing i really want to go back and watch this now because um to see his take on that type of situation in that time is very interesting.
0: Hey, man, it's it's a great movie, man. And then,
1: yeah.
0: you know, and, and for the people that don't know, like, we we spoke beforehand, and we was just like, like, if you really start start getting into all the shit that he was involved in, especially, like, mm-hmm. as a, a producer, it's way too much shit. Like, he was involved right. in a lot of shit. So I'm mostly going off of, like, the shit that he actually directed. And one of your movies. You know what I'm saying? Ready Player One.
1: Oh man, let me tell you about that. Now, now this was an amazing movie because first and foremost, it was very nostalgic for anybody who plays video games or anybody who's into the video game culture. Um, second, it was also um it was also a lot of foresight in the movie because of the technology that was in the movie is the same thing that we're kind of doing with the Oculus, even though we're not necessarily there yet. um, As far as the Oculus goes, but even with video games, like how they were able to use microtransactions to get certain characters and play with certain characters. We're seeing that happen in Fortnite every day. You know what I mean? Like now in Fortnite, you could play as pretty much anybody. Like I was just watching my son play as Darth Vader on Fortnite. You know what I mean? And that's something that in um in Ready Player One, that's pretty much what they were doing. They were using um their video game avatars to kind of pretty much make a living in a weird way. And you know, saying so, this is something that we see with a lot of people every day, you know, playing Fortnite. They're getting paid through Twitch or getting paid through YouTube or Facebook video games or I mean video gaming um platforms or whatever. And this is something that they do all the time. So to be able to see him take that vision and kind of put that together in the way he did was was great. And then Ready Player One was just a great movie in general.
0: Yeah, I seen I seen Ready Player One. Um but I think I've only seen it like once though. Um it's not yeah. that I didn't fuck with it, it was just more of like like I seen it. And they were just like, all right, like, you know, it's cool. It's pretty cool. Like, what I thought was dope was, if I'm not mistaken, so there was this race, like, this big ass race. Mm -hmm. And, like, nobody could win that shit. So Mm -hmm. my man is like, he came up with the idea of, like, okay, everybody takes off. He goes in reverse. Mm -hmm. And he does that shit in reverse. And then he ended up winning. And I was like, yo that's fucking crazy. Like that was like mm-hmm. that was the, like that was so dope because it's like when once you get into something that is like unbeatable unbeatable and like you just have to like you really have to think and be like you have to think outside the box and I felt that that was one of the things that that movie showed was like yo like a lot of this shit is thinking out of the box.
1: Yeah, and, and then it was it was also owed to those older video games as well because like people forget, like, it was certain things in video games that had, like, secret levels and, uh, that like, I forgot what the video game was, but, like, when you start off the level, you don't go forward, you go backward, and it's a whole different level that you don't know shit about. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff, yeah. something like that. So, Man, what's so, the name of, like, they didn't, um, was it, I, I wasn't,
0: it was a Mario. Mar- wasn't a Mario game? Yeah, yeah, it was a Mario yeah, game where Mario. you didn't, you didn't go to the right, you actually went to the left. Yep.
1: And then you ended up in the secret level. And then it was like you jumped in the tube, you ended up in the secret level. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was stuff like that. Like, even to this day, like, now, because games, you know what I'm saying, are so vast and different, you don't kind of have that anymore. But, like, back then, like, everything was, I got to beat this level, I got to beat this level. Like, I know a bunch of people that you can talk to about, you know what I'm saying, leaving the game system on while they at school, and then come home, hurry up, try to do your homework, and then get right back to your game system, because it was on pause the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I remember trying to beat Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I remember trying to beat Mario and Sonic and all of those different games. You know what I'm saying? People talking about the Contra Code still. like, So, to me, that's why I said it, this movie was it was nostalgic in a sense, because it was kind of a ode to those original game systems, but then at the same time, it was kind of an homage to you know, I'm saying those new game systems and everything that was being created at that time.
0: And since we're speaking of video games, he actually wrote the Medal of Honor games. Like he's the creator and the writer of those games. So, and if you ever played those games, those were the move those games that that had the um the like the storylines. You know what I'm saying? It Like you know, kind of like um. What's the one game, Call of Duty, like Call, Call of Duty, Duty is like you yeah. know what I'm saying? it's a storyline, like he wrote you know what I'm saying well, it used stuff, to be a for the, yeah, yeah, it used <laughs> to be, and then it just kind of it really just became yeah. like missions and like literally like that, but yeah he he no, did right he did the. It, it, you barely getting missions like now you just
1: you get oh, well, I haven't played other people,
0: I haven't played since I think Black ops or the one I think oh, I played yeah, so you, the one after Black ops, I think.
1: Yeah, like now they give you the option. Like, if you want to download the campaign, you can. But like, a lot of people don't do that. They go straight to the multiplayer and just start shooting each other.
0: Yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, definitely shout out to him for um for I never writing. Knew that he did Medal of Honor though. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, he actually uh, he wrote those. Looked like he wrote all of them. That's what's yeah, because cool. the first one came out in ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Two of them came out two thousand two, and then one yep. came out two thousand three. But well, two actually came out two thousand three,
1: two thousand four, and those are great. And two thousand
0: and twenty, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he actually wrote those too. Yeah, yeah. So Steven Spielberg's on his game, I guess. For sure, man. Literally. So,
1: are you ready, man? You want to do the? What we doing? Top five.
0: Uh, I mean, we can push it to five. I was gonna do three, but we can push it to five. Yeah,
1: let's do let's do three. We'll do three. We'll do okay. Three. All right, so you go ahead and do your thing, man.
0: Oh uh, man, this is this is uh actually pretty easy for me, man. Um, uh, I got on in no order. I got Bridge of Spies. You know I'm mm-hmm. saying I love that movie. Um, also I got to go Lincoln. Um, okay, I I really fuck with that. I I know I went with two historical movies, and I know that's what people were looking for. I don't care. Like I love those two movies. And then I gotta go mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, man. Um nice. You know, nice. Um, that's 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 what's gonna round out my uh my top three of Steven Spielberg directed movies. Okay.
1: Well I'm gonna go um I'm gonna kinda go just the trendy because 'cause I'm not gonna lie, man, that's just the type of guy I am. Um I'm definitely going to E. T. No particular order. I'm definitely going to E. T. Like I said, I've seen it a couple of times, heartfelt movie. Um and it's to me, man, that's a classic movie. That's probably one of the best movies ever made. It's a great family movie. It's just a great movie in general. And it's one of those things that, you know what I'm saying, you could joke about, talk about. Jurassic Park, of course, classic. Look at what came of it. Um, we still get in Jurassic Park movies to this day. Um, and this is the, like you know, so like we said earlier, this is the first time you're actually seen, you know what I'm saying, dinosaurs on film. You know what I'm saying, with the actual vision. And then last but not least, man, Ready Player One. Like I said, that movie was really telling you about some things that you know what I'm saying, as as a society, we should kind of be paying attention to. And then on on top of that, it just gave you that great nostalgia feeling of all those old games. You know, you I was seeing characters that I ain't seen in years. You know what I'm saying? I was just going with, and I watched this with my kids, and I was just naming all the different characters and everything with my kids and just showing them, like, look, that's such and such, and that's such and such. And now that they're in the video game, they're kind of learning about some of those old characters thanks to Fortnite. They're kind of seeing, you know what I'm saying, some of those old things as well. So that's my three.
0: Okay. I ain't mad at it. Oh, great, right, Great.
1: Great. So yeah, man. Yours too, man. Let's get into this coming soon. Let's do it, man. Coming soon to own on video and DVD.
0: Man, man, man. I thought I was
1: stuck on the screen. What we got coming up uh, next,
0: bro? Oh, man. Yo, if we got one of the all-time you know what I'm saying? Depending on who you are, it could be a horror movie for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Depending on who you is as a person, it could be a horror movie, man. And we got one of the most.
1: It could be a movie that could give you a great idea if you're somebody else.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, Um, that's also one of the things. But listen, man, we got one of the most. I don't care what y'all say. This is an iconic movie, man. The guy Mm -hmm. Martin Lawrence, "A Thin Line Between Love and Hate," man. When I tell Mm -hmm. you this movie Mm had some people on edge, woo wee, hey.
1: Man, mm-hmm. everybody
0: on it. hey, I'm telling you though, the all time, man. And 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 this and this I gotta give a little mirage for my cousin, man, Brandon. But we man, we used to talk about this one scene all the time, but when he went to the police station, you know what I'm yeah, saying, to Kate. get the restraining order on Brandy. No, no, when he went to get the restraining order. Uh, yeah. he he sitting there talking to he sitting there talking to Bobby Brown. he's like, yo, he said, you know, I go to the he said, I go to the police station. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get a restraining order on Brandy. They laughing. And then that car moved. And he was like, mm-hmm. oh. Hey, they got my shit. And he was like, T- <laughs> let me call you back. That was it. He said, man, he said, they brought me down to my brake pad. He said, they from the police station. <laughs> hey, he got in the car. He got in the car. He looked. The review was not he there. He looked back there. He said, man, I can't go nowhere without those ties. (laughs) Hey,
1: man, let me tell you something about this movie. Oh, my God. Yo, this movie is, this is, um, if Twitter, if, if they ever put Twitter into a movie, this would be it between the men and women fighting back and forth about well, who should do this and what should do what. Oh. This is a great um, this is really it's just a great topic on you know what I'm saying how men and women should treat each other in a relationship. You know what I'm saying about communication, about honesty um, you know what I'm saying about hookup culture about just all of that. This is just a great Movie to watch and and really pay attention to because Lynn Whitfield does such a great job in this movie, and she goes. But this was like, um, what's the movie with Kathy Bates that I'm trying to think of? Misery. Um, th- yes, this was like a, a new age version of Misery, basically.
0: I, I can see that comparison.
1: Yeah, but my thing was always whose fault was it at the end of the day. And that's the that's what I want to get into, into the, in the next oh, yeah. episode, whose fault it was. So um, you guys check us out, man. We're definitely going to be bringing that to you very soon. Uh, And until then, man, you know, you guys can hit us up on the socials. You guys can let us know how we did, what you thought, if you want to suggest a movie and things like that. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ViewANonPod. You can find us on uh Facebook at VA Pod Watch Group. You can catch me on Twitter at Schools Branch, and I have a link to in my bio. You can hit the link there and find me everywhere else.
0: Yes, you can find me at sfoster uh, Stop Foster 8. That's on Instagram and it's on Twitter at 28 minutes or less pod. That is just on IG. Um Follow the pod on all major platforms, 28 minutes or less. I just dropped episode 98 uh, yesterday. Well, two days ago when it's come out. Um, I did the final season and also the ending of the TNT show Animal Kingdom. Um, Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Went a whole hour on that bad boy. Solo dolo. And, uh, man, I, I felt it's, it's a really, really great show. Um, one of the, one of the season finales that I like, like, there's been a lot of, you know, ending of a show and it's just like, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of butchered that. They really, they did their thing on this man. Like they, they really did a great job, man. Um, so I, I broke it down, um, for people to understand it, man. So y'all can go check out episode, uh, 98 of the 28 minutes of less, you know what I'm saying? Animal Kingdom season finale. And, um, until the next time, man, that's all I got. Right, man.
1: And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening and watching. Um, and until the next episode, like they always say in Hollywood, that's a wrap.
0: Cut.